Alright, so this morning I want to preach on a topic called Developing an Attitude of Gratitude. And um, as we're going into this festive period, I know last week we had Mike with us, Mike Davies, and he spoke. And I know a lot of people were wonderfully stirred and he reminded us, he said, don't run into a place of rest where you rest from God or from things, from people. He says you run into God, you rest in God. And these are the moments that we, we, we find our rhythms in God as we go into this downtime. So for me, the first thing I want to say to each and every single one of you, do not drop your God over this time. I want to also encourage you, and I'm, we didn't do a stewardship teaching this morning. I want to say to you, do not drop your God and get yourself into financial difficulties because you want to buy expensive gifts for your children and things that you know that you can't afford, but you want to try and please them. Let me say to you, particularly with the smaller kids, they love the wrapping. Just buy lots of wrapping and you'll save money. All right. But, but it's with all of this stuff, run into God. Find your rest in God. And then I think what is very important for us, as it came out towards the end, is that as we go into this time of rest, it's a great opportunity for us to spend some time reflecting on our year and what God has done for us individually. And, and I think it's important for us to be able to do that. And so I want to say to you, use your time well to reflect on what God has done Use your time well to see what lessons you've learned. What is, what is there that you can take away from this year? And I want to say to you, may the best thing of 2023 be the worst thing that happens to you in 2024. That it will be a good start for us as we move forward. And so with that, developing an attitude of gratitude, uh, Artie Kendall says, in Reformed theology, the doctrine of sanctification, meaning the holy life, is called the doctrine of gratitude. In essence, what it refers to is that our holy living and our holy living of our lives is a way that we show gratitude and say thank you to God for saving us. And this is important. When we talk about being uh, sanctified and a people that are sanctified, we are reminded that um, we are a people that when you got saved, God set you apart. So I was journeying and I was on my way to hell and God broke into my life. And I had to turn. And what happened was I got saved. The Bible speaks of sanctified meaning we're, we're set apart and we're set apart for a purpose. But many of us stay there. We get saved and we're journeying on in this life. And what that means for us is that we are still busy being saved. And one day we will be fully saved when we're with Christ. So why is this important? Because you need to see what your life was like. I said to you that we were on a road to hell. And God broke in. Now people go, how can you speak about hell like that? Because the problem is the church doesn't speak so much about it. We're quiet on this thing. And, and you'll see in the Joshian story, we, we really do uh, preach the word of God. And many people were lost. God broke in. And just simply as a result of God breaking into your life, think of your past. What were you like? Some of you have come out of drugs. Some of you have come out of alcoholism. Some of you have been sexually abused. Some of you were into prostitution, and that's male and female. Some of you have your lives horribly messed up. 
And then God breaks in and he saves you, but he sanctifies you. He sets you apart and he sets you apart for a purpose. And so whilst he sets you apart for a purpose, we go from glory to glory until we are fully saved. That's when we're with him. Now, this is important for us because it starts out by us realizing, God, you took me, a wicked, wicked sinner. If I could just say, a wicked, wicked man who has a wicked heart, and you chose me, handpicked me. He handpicked you for your purposes. For that, I'm truly grateful. And Artie Kendall has a wonderful uh, few lines where he says, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving me thy great salvation so rich and free. And as you spend time reflecting on your year, let that be the springboard for you to launch into a time of rest, starting firstly to say, Thank you, God, that you saved me. Secondly, when we look at gratitude, it is showing that one values the kindness of God saving us. So I'm going to ask for Titus 3 verses 4 to 7 to be put up. Please, Elmar, if you wouldn't mind. Listen to what the word says. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of His mercy. Just keep that there. You and I did nothing. God did everything for us because of his mercy and his kindness and his goodness. That's what we were singing about this morning. And then it goes on. But because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Maybe at that point, if you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about us being a bunch of people that were doing life. And what happened is... It's like having a flat line. You know those heart machines? And all that was happening as you were going through life was... What happens is Jesus breaks in. And then it's suddenly... And then you realize who has broken into your life. And then suddenly it goes from... And our heart starts to beat faster for the things of God, for Him, because He broke into our lives. So with that, it goes on and it says, So that having been justified by His grace, that word justified speaks of having been justified. You stand before God. If you have made a commitment to follow Jesus, no matter what your life looks like, Father God looks down on you. Because of his son, his son saved you. And he says, Andre, I declare you not guilty. Not guilty of your sin. Not guilty of your past. That doesn't mean for some of us that the consequences of our actions get washed away. Sometimes we still got to walk those things through. But you don't walk it through alone. You walk it through with God and you walk it through with the village. And then it goes on. So that we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. We heard the scripture being read out earlier on this, this morning. It says that we became sons and daughters. 
We become heirs of the Most High God. We become a brother and a sister with Jesus. But we become sons and daughters because of what he did for us. And we're made right with God. How awesome is that? And so that's why we can give thanks and honor him. The second thing with gratitude, those of you making notes, gratitude is shown because we are saved without works. And the thing is about what God has done for you and I is given it to you and I as a free gift. I think there are so many people that I've heard over the years that have said, I'll come to Jesus, but if you don't mind, let me just quickly go home and fix my life first, and then I will come. It's a big problem. And, and it's a cultural thing that we face all the time, that we feel we've got to fix our lives before God accepts us. He's saying, no, no, I have made a way for you, which is the word that came out this morning. I have made a way for you. You know what the problem is? We're very intellectual. It's got to be a little bit harder for you and I. Then maybe perhaps this is right. But God has made this so simple and so easy for us Satan is trying to complicate things for us. And all that really needs to happen is by faith, we've got to say, Lord, we don't understand this. But we do believe that you've made this way. It's a free gift. And that gift, we need to learn to receive. But let me say to you, you know, often people think there isn't a condition to salvation. There is. Let me, let me say to you, there is a condition to salvation, and that condition is that you need to believe that Jesus died for you. You need to believe that no matter what your life looks like, what you've gone through, and what you have done, that God loves you. Look at the person to your left and right and say, God loves you. You need to believe that. And those of you sitting on your own, God loves you. <laughs> he loves you. He has made a way for you. You need to believe that. Why is that important? Because let me tell you, you're going to leave here today. You don't need to make this complicated for yourself. If God decides to pull the trigger on your life and he calls you, you need to be right with him. It's not complicated. Believe him. The guy that hung on the cross next to Jesus couldn't get water baptized. He couldn't, uh, he, when I say he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit to go and do the work that Jesus had destined for him, what did he do? He hung on the cross, was repentant, was humble, but he acknowledged Jesus. He said to Jesus, will you remember me? It's believing. It's trusting because he knew that Jesus shouldn't be hanging there. And Jesus said to him, right next to him on the cross, he said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. For some of us sitting here this morning, the light bulb has been turned in, but it hasn't been switched on yet. You need to receive Jesus to be made right with him. And when you do that, it's not you doing it. It's understanding that he did it for you because he loves you. And that is a good enough reason for us to say thank you. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. It's not on the back there. But the, the Bible says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Thirdly, 
Gratitude is shown through our obedience. And part of sanctification, part of being set apart, is that we walk in obedience. And that our hearts show that we are filled with gratitude for what God has done. And, and, and if we look at what 2 Peter 1 verses 10 and 11 says, it says the following. Therefore, my brothers okay, and sisters, it means the same thing. Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we keep that up there, what is important is when you get saved, you don't become a spectator in the kingdom of God. When you get saved, you need to understand when the gun goes, you get saved, you're sanctified, you set apart, the gun goes. Now you've got to run your race. You've got to walk this race out. And part of walking your race out, if I may just say, starts to demonstrate something of what God has done in your heart and in your life. It's an internal thing that gets worked outwardly in all areas of your life and your areas of influence. As a Christ follower, I want to say to you, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked and I'm not shocked. I want to drop something this morning. It wasn't planned for my preach this morning. But we had a young guy walking with us. Made a commitment to follow Christ. Got water baptized. And put a post up overnight. Demonic. Flames. Fire. Horns. And the question is, how is it possible that somebody that can call themselves a Christian can post something like that so demonic? The point is this. If you have been captivated by Jesus then your lifestyle, your attitude, your language, and the things that we do should represent something of an internal work in you and I. And whilst we don't always get things right, we're not sinless, but we sin less. And when we do sin, we should be convicted of the things that we're doing because our hearts is to please Jesus not your spouse or your partner or anybody else. It's about pleasing Jesus. And so we have a responsibility under God to walk properly. And then it goes on. It says, for if you do these things, you will never fail. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are running a race, friends. Rudy preached about that a few weeks ago. There's a finish line for you and I to cross one day. And you know what? There's nothing more exciting when you run a 42K race or you do a 230-kilometer Transpaviance and you cross that finish line. You're finished. You're exhausted. We should be finished and we should be exhausted by the time we cross that line. But there's nothing more rewarding than knowing and you hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. So run your race over December. Showing people that you are a Christian, that you're proud of being a Christian, that you love Jesus, and you're not embarrassed. Be different. So with that, the Bible tells us that obedience needs to be taught. In Matthew 28, Jesus, when he was speaking to the disciples, at one point he says, go and make disciples. And he says, teaching them to obey. Say, obey. That's why we do these things. And some people here can actually get quite offended when we try to teach them the things of God. 
We're not here to control your lives. We're here to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. If it was just left up to me or to the elders or the deacons or congregate leaders, we would have a problem here. Because that's how big the church would be. Every single one of you this morning needs to know that if you are a Christ follower, you need to obey the Lord. If you really love Jesus, you will obey him. That means that some of the things that we're doing in our lives and in secret, we need to maybe find a friend, expose that, ask them to pray with you, repent of it. But then wherever you go, make sure your life is lived in such a way that people can see Jesus flowing in and through you. Gratitude also needs to be taught. You know, it's very interesting. We live in a world where people have this sense of entitlement. We really do. I'm owed something. Actually, you owed nothing. Your life doesn't belong to you anymore if you're a Christ follower. Your life belongs to Jesus. But you know what? In the world, it's just common sense. And how many of you as parents, I hear it. Here's a biscuit for you. Ian, oh, oh, my son, so easy to say thanks. Andre, he's a biscuitie for you. Thank you very much. Very easy. But how many of us as parents will say, and what do you say? Please, or thank you. And often what will happen is the hand will just come out and uh, uh, uh. What do you say? Please, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you can see there was un. <laughs> I don't know about you. That's why thank yous are important. And you know what? Giving you a gift, giving you money, yeah, they can do that. But a thank you goes a million miles. A million miles. Firstly with him and then with one another. So with that, I want you to know that God hates ingratitude. And here are some of the consequences of people that will experience the wrath of God. Look at what the Bible says. Romans 1 verses 18 to 21 says the following. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is made plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Maybe just stopping there. Just let me remind you, the most beautiful sunrise, the most beautiful sunset, reveals something of God's character, his nature. I've got a friend of mine, Rob Brown, who I cycle with, who was totally unsaved, and I know that he won't have a problem with me sharing this, was on drugs. He had a hectic story, was not interested in the things of God. But you know how God spoke to him? Through nature. God reveals himself through nature. And then it goes on. It says, um, having been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. Say thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. 2 Timothy 3 verses 2 says the following. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Doesn't that sound about right? Is there more to that? Then it goes on. It says ungrateful. That's what we're looking at there. Ungrateful. There's no thankfulness 
of what God has done. People have lived for themselves. I often say to our business folk, God needs business people in the church. But you are not self-made. God allowed you to build wealth and to create wealth for the glory and the honor of his name. Use your money wisely for the kingdom. And we see in scripture, the Bible tells us why God hates ingratitude. He says, because people are doing their own thing. Those of you making notes, Jude 3 verses 7. People forgot God and all that he did for them. That's why we need to reflect over this, next year, this last year what God has done. What about the lesson of the lepers in Luke 17 verses 15 and 16? You don't have to put that up. Ten people got healed. How many people returned to say thank you? Sorry? One. I want to say to you this morning, let's not be that kind of people. Let's not be that kind of people. God wants our gratitude. And I'm going to show you how we're going to honor him this morning with that. So God's word is clear on how we express gratitude. Firstly, he loves to be praised. Say that. He loves to be praised. And I'm going to read scripture to you. I will send it to the com group leaders. But listen to what Psalm 69.30 says. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 147.7 says, Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. Philippians 4.6 says the following, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. That's what God wants from us. So how do we show gratitude? Good question, Dimble Central. One of the things that you'll see this morning, we are going to break bread. We are going to do communion together. We are going to be saying, Lord, thank you for dying for me. And then part of that, you will be reflecting on all the things that God has done for you this, this, this year. And we start that process so that you can honor him. The other ways that you can, can express your gratitude and show it is by living a holy life, which I've touched on. It's by our worship. Can I say to you, worship is not just in song. Worship is life. It's everything that we do. Worship is life. What, how you handle yourself in work uh, with husband and wife, parents and children, children and parents. Can I also go as far as to say, I felt I needed to drop this in here. But it's also worship in the bedroom. What we give ourselves to. It's worship on the sports field. It's worship around the bribe area. It's worship wherever you find yourself is worship and glory and honor to God. I want to say to the comms that met on Wednesday night, when I see the photos that came out and the beautiful setups and arrangements at all of the comms, worship is unto the Lord. It says something of what God has done in us as a people. I marvel and I look at this congregation and I think of what God has done in some of our lives, in fact, all of our lives. I stand in awe of the magnificence of, of, of what he has done here. The other thing is, by 
by our generous giving into the church. Well done this year. Thank you for being faithful with your finances in the kingdom. Can I say to you, please don't go on holiday with your money. Still continue to serve the kingdom of God. We're going to have more and more testimonies coming out. As people are faithful with their finances, God will come through for them. That's what I trust for. God's not a liar. But we don't do it because of that. We do it because of him. The other area is um, by sharing your faith, by spending time alone with him, by discovering what pleases him, and by being disciplined and regular church attendance and regular com attendance. Let me say to you, the new folk that are taking over next year, the people that are going with them, be a pillar in the house for them. Support them. Be there. Find those that are not part of comms and get them into comms. It's not easy leading a comm group, but I want to say to you, as Christ followers, if we look at the values that we carry as a church, it shouldn't be difficult for us to get you there. This should be something that you want to do. Church and comm group is not an attachment to your life. It is your life. Everything else flows from that place. Then there's also uh, by respecting those that God has put over you. And you need to trust God with those that are over you because we give an account. And, and the other thing is by doing good works in such a way that is helping where it is needed. And as I start to land here, as we break bread this morning, and Gunther's going to take over from me very, very shortly. As we look at reflecting on the year for the things that we're grateful for, about reiterated for our salvation. We thank God that he's given us faith. Thank God for this local church. Do you know that this church is one of four in the Dimville area? This isn't a good idea. This is God's idea. We actually should be filling this place up. People are broken. People are lost. But thank you, God, that you've given us a vehicle to be a part of, to be equipped, prepared, and to be released to go make a difference. We thank God for the leaders and those who preach the word. As you reflect on the year, think about the sermons that you've heard this year. Think about the messages that you've enjoyed and the testimonies that you've heard from one another in the comm groups and up front here. These are the things that we say, God, thank you for those things. Thank you for my job, God. Thank you for my income. Thank you for my friendships. Thank you for my health. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for my family. Break it down. Be specific. Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for the children that are coming, Lord. <laughs> Just checking that you're all awake. Thank you for the children that are coming. Thank you for my children. And you know what? Despite some of the challenges that you faced, thank you, Lord, that I've gone through the trials that I've faced this year. Not because the trials were lacquer, but because you're faithful and I know that you're with me in this. We really need to live in that space and honor God with these things. And then thank him for what he did for you yesterday. The fact is that you are here. The fact is that you are breathing. The fact is that you were able to worship him this morning. The fact is that you could sit here and hear the word being preached. See the people here and see what God is doing is enough for you and I to be thankful because you see, often we take the small things for granted. And I want to I tell you, don't take those things for granted. The fact is that you have eyes to see, ears to hear, lips, mouth to speak and to sing, hands that can bless others, hands that can work and do the things that you do. Let me tell you something. There are other people on this planet who are way less fortunate than you are. And yet, they will worship and praise the Lord.
You've got so much to be thankful for. I want you to take a moment, maybe just to bow your heads. I just want you to reflect on what has been shared this morning and what has the Holy Spirit convicted you of this morning. He never condemns us. He never shames us. But He always leads us into truth. Perhaps you're sitting here this morning and you realize, sure, I've taken some stuff for granted this year. It could be your husband, your wife. If you're a single person, it could be family members. It could be your work. It could be friendships. It could be your children. Maybe if you, well, many of us are still children, whether we're older or not. Maybe you've just taken your parents for granted. Maybe just this morning, just take a moment and say, Lord, forgive me for taking things for granted. I repent of that, Lord. And then just take a moment and just say, Lord, thank you for this, this person. Thank you for my children. Thank you that despite the challenges I've faced, you've been there with me. Just between you and the Lord now. Just take a moment.